You are tuned in to the Mixtape Challenge, the music discovery game show podcast where contestants challenge each other to create a four-song music mix based on a different theme every episode. This is the first episode of our brand new season two. Uh, hopefully all of you out there have been uh, looking forward to it since we've had the announcement about a month ago that we were going to be back online and uh, looking to do about 10 episodes this season or so, maybe a few more if things go really well. So uh, thanks everybody for hanging in there and uh, looking forward to chatting with all of you again on the social medias after this episode drops. So today's challenge comes to us from the Mixtape Challenge Vaults and we're calling it It's All About the People. Each contestant must create a four-track music mix of songs that were written about real people and have at least that person's first or last name or both first and last name in the title of the song. So, I am your host and contestant, Jeff Hewlett. As always, we have two contestants here along with me for this challenge, so let's meet them now. First up, he appeared on episode three last season and is returning for his second challenge. It's Mr. Craig Cohen. How are you doing, Craig? I'm good, Jeff, and uh, thank you as always for inviting me. This is always a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was very excited about this one. And uh, you uh, you up to anything lately? Any projects going on? Um, any podcasts or anything? Um, aside from the uh, occasional slycast that we put out together, not really. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping to revamp some stuff, so uh, I don't want to promise anything and then not deliver. Oh, of course, of course, yeah. But, yeah, and we were talking about slycast and trying to get that on a more frequent cadence. Hopefully we can do that. You know, we got Ramble 5 coming out, and I think Sly's got – another escape room movie coming out. So uh, maybe we can get some, some stuff going on here soon. But so our second contestant is another returning guest from our fourth episode last season. Uh, time travel expert, music collector, Mr. Steve Skoriak is returning to the show. Welcome back, Steve. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Craig. Hello, everyone. Yeah, great, great to be back. Yeah. So what's, what's the update on uh, Paradox Parkway? Anything uh, new since we last talked about it? So unlike Craig, I do like to promise and not deliver. <laughs> uh, still working on that critical pre-planning phase for podcast launch number one. Mm. Uh, but the the website continues to thrive. Lots of new content every single day. Can't seem to, uh, a day doesn't pass without me hearing about some other TV show episode or movie yeah. that's time travel related. So I'm constantly adding to the pile. Nice. Very, very nice. And uh, have you gotten any um, new uh, promos this con season? I did get uh, Robert Wagner, which was great. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. He's in Austin Powers. So that counts for me. Yeah. Um, oh, Harry Waters Jr., uh, who is, uh, if you don't recognize that name, he's from Back to the Future, he's um, Marvin Berry. Oh, Marvin Berry? <laughs> and, and it was fantastic because he showed up at the con in his tuxedo, including a bandaged hand, oh, and he had great. a great time. So sorry that's for the, awesome. <laughs> the pauses there. Oh, no, sorry. on the spot. No, it's been sweat. a while. I have to get back on the circuit. Yeah, yeah. Well, con season is firing up, and uh, there's seems like there's cons every other weekend, at least all over the country. So I'm sure it'll be jet-setting. Uh, at some point soon, and we'll hear all about it. So before we start the actual challenge, uh, we always do a segment called What's on Loop, uh, asking everybody what they've been listening to lately, what's been uh, stuck in their CD player or their iPod or whatever music device 
that they listen to. Steve, I know you listen to a lot of music. I see you with your headphones on pretty much every day at work. So uh, what have you been listening to lately? So <clears throat> while I'm anxiously waiting for the Abbey Road 50th box set, mm. which hasn't been announced, but I'm hoping will happen, uh, I've been enjoying the Red Rose Speedway and Wings Wildlife Paul McCartney oh, nice. solo uh, reissues that came out this year. So I always like the extra tracks and the you know the early demos and things like that. So mm. that's been playing lately. But even better, hope you recognize the name Quinn as in a Quinn Martin production for those old TV shows like The Fugitive and things like that. Mm. Uh, they just put out a two-disc set from La La Land Records of ah. the Quinn Martin Collection Volume 1 Cop and Detective series where you can listen to those great themes from Barnaby Jones, Dan August, Cannon, and Most Wanted. Oh, wow. So, you know, if you're driving around town in your convertible, you're following a lead, tailing a suspect, pulling up to a deserted factory in the middle of the night or crashing into some trash cans on a curb, that's the music that you got to listen to. Very nice. Good old La La Land Records, man. Thank, thank God for them. They put out so much good stuff. I got a lot of La La Land releases here myself. So uh, awesome stuff. Craig, what have you been listening to? Um, pretty much I got back into a Bob Dylan kick after the um, excellent Netflix documentary about the Rolling Thunder tour in the 70s. So I've been listening to a lot of the live recordings I have uh, on bootleg from that era. And uh, I look forward to getting the official release. Very good. But, uh, I, I I had overlooked that era for quite a while, and it's some of his most exciting performances are from that tour. And uh, he was really in an intense uh, state of mind during that tour, so it, mm. it it's got some of his best vocal deliveries. And I'll argue with anybody about Bob Dylan's merits as a vocalist, but I'm sure that's <laughs> for another show. Oh yeah, well I, I, we've we've talked about that between the two of us many times in the past, so I'm sure that'll come up on a future. Uh, mixtape episode. Maybe we can come up with a theme around hotly contested vocalists. Oh, like one of his songs thing. almost made my my mix today. Oh, wow! All right, but but it did not. <laughs> All right. Well, no spoilers yet. No spoilers yet. So I, I've been I've been stuck listening to um, David Gilmour, the the lead guitarist from Pink Floyd, put out a double live album a while back, and. Um, I had had some bootlegs from that tour, and I'd listened to some of those shows before, and he put on just a fantastic show, and when the official release came out, I just got totally hooked on it. Uh, it it's an incredible set list. Uh, who, who, the engineering team who recorded this and mixed and produced this really knew what they were doing. It sounds just phenomenal. So I, I've been kind of listening to that over and over and over again. It keeps coming up uh, in my uh, my repertoire. So, and so Also, I... I recently watched uh, a Netflix series, the new Ricky Gervais series uh, called Afterlife, and they, they weave a lot of music uh, into those those episodes of that show. And the, one of the songs they used to close the last episode is a song by a band called The Thorns, which I'd never listened to before. Uh, and I liked it so much, I, I looked up the band on, on uh, Apple Music, and I've been listening to a bit of that. They're, and they're really, really excellent. So that's kind of where I've been. Uh, lately musically so um uh are you guys ready to jump into the challenge right on yeah i am all right well let's spin the mixtape challenge wheel to see who's going to go first and it looks like steve is going to be up first so steve um 
what's the title of your mix and a little bit of info about uh, how you pick the songs and maybe what the order you put them in, stuff like that? Uh, so <clears throat> the name of my mix is Tune That Name. Nice. <laughs> I wasn't sure how that was going to play, so I figured I'd, <laughs> I'd uh, give it a shot. Uh, it was fun as it was as it was last time to dig into this topic and kind of just see what I could find. I like patterns and things like that, and I had hoped that my mix could hold up, but it and unfortunately didn't. I won't share what happened um, with my my master plan. No, I just had to pick different songs, but um, I enjoyed, like I said, going um, into the depths here. A lot of things came up. A lot of things fell off the chart, and I'm ready to get to it. So my first song is uh, from 1984, actually recorded in 1983. It's by the group Madness, their fifth album, Keep Moving. And the song is Michael Caine. All right. Interesting okay. pick. Any re- what's the reasoning behind this one? I'm waiting for the audience to uh, to, to uh, roar. Oh, I guess I you'll add that applause for that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, the band that um, did Our House, right? Yeah. Our House, yep. 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 They had... Uh, yeah, a UK band. So, so I picked it because I just liked the song and I remembered it. And when we were thinking about this topic, it popped into my head. And I said, "Oh, that's a perfect one." So, yeah, if you don't know the group Madness, they had a few hits: um, "House of Fun," yeah, "Our House," "It Must Be Love." Uh, not a lot in the US, but they kind of got a following. Uh, following going. I also like their collection albums because they're all utter madness, total madness, divine madness, things like that. But. Um, this particular song, oh, I also like that the band is their genre is sophista pop, <laughs> whatever that is. Um, they're their own sub genre, but uh, to um, have a bonus to it in that Michael Caine actually recorded a vocal track that is played throughout the song. He he continues to repeat, My name is Michael Caine. Wow, yeah, That's apparently, I've cool. never heard it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a um, Good song. So he he was in a movie called The Ipcris File, a spy movie in the 60s. Mm. And the song and the uh, accompanying video kind of follow that that pattern. And the backstory in that movie is he was a guy who was being kidnapped and and had to continually repeat his name. He was getting brainwashed and he didn't want to lose his Mm. uh, sense of being. So he did that. And I think that might have inspired the song. But it's a fun... uh, Fun ride, uh, not a not a happy song, but but a catchy song, and uh, the punchline to this whole thing is that Michael Caine's real name is not Michael Caine. Ah. <laughs> Turns out his, his real name is Maurice Joseph Micklewhite. Oh. Who's to know that? Wow, I didn't know that. But wow. not a good stage <laughs> name. So, but yeah, <laughs> but definitely check out uh, this band. It's a ska band um, that kind of. Uh, morphed over the years but uh highly recommended michael kane ah very well i'm familiar with uh with the band of course but you know what, what craig mentioned earlier with uh, with our house so i've never listened to that song so i'm gonna have to look that one up and and check it out it sounds pretty cool all right all right so what's your track number two uh so track number two is from 1978 premiered on saturday night live by steve Mar- i chose King Tut. Oh my God, Steve! That was that was almost on my list. I'm so glad that I went in another direction. That's a great pick. Well, well I have a feeling, Craig, that my number three pick is on your list, but we'll get there soon enough. Um, anyway, novelty song, Steve Martin. He was 
responding to the big uh, Tutankhamun exhibit that was beginning mm. in New York and actually went across the country, um, kind of spoofing it, the fact that, you know, they dug up his old stuff and put it on display. And if uh, you remember some of the ones I mentioned was, if I'd known they'd line up just to see him, I'd trade in all my money and bought me a museum. <laughs> so from 1978, I remember when that was on. Uh, and it actually brought the King Tut exhibit to a lot of people's attention. I don't know if the Saturday Night Live crowd was necessarily likely audience for the museum, but apparently the song and the performance uh, made a difference. So if you ever get a chance to check out that clip, it's fun. And uh, Steve Martin now, you know, is more of a bluegrass recording artist, yeah. but he did do a, a bluegrass version of that song on his 2011 album, but I, I would recommend the original oh, I for, the, uh, wow, for the playlist. Cool. So. Yeah, I remember seeing that uh, Saturday Night Live episode as a kid um, and being am so amused by <laughs> the, the dance kind of number that was that went with the song uh, and the kind of the staging and the set that they had set up. It was it was really funny. So that was those, those old zany, wacky Steve Martin days. Yeah. And it, when I was looking this up, it says that sketch was one of the or was one of the most expensive productions on Saturday Night Live to that point. Steve Martin wow. said, "Hey, I want to do this song," and they said, "Great." And then he was blown away by like, "What? What are you doing here?" You know, because they had sarcophagus and mm -hmm. and uh, you know, guy was painted gold and things. So yeah, it was very elaborate for SNL. Yeah, that's number two. All right, here's the possible duplicate. Possible duplicate. Uh, this song is by the band NRBQ. Okay, I might have made a pass. Um, the song is called Captain Lou about Captain Lou Albano. Oh, wow. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. <laughs> Craig, I just assumed that I know I'm not a wrestling fan. I know you guys are. And I was I said, he's going to have this. How could he not have this? But anyway, so <laughs> Captain Lou Albano actually, like Michael Caine, sings on this uh, uh, performs on this track. If you haven't heard it. Uh, but a little bit about NRBQ. So NRBQ is the New Rhythm and Blues Quartet, formed in like 1967. Formerly the New Rhythm and Blues Quintet. One guy left. I guess if another guy left, they were in trouble. But NRBQ got to keep that title. They have the nickname of the world's greatest bar band. Uh. I'll be I'll be honest. I don't really know any of the uh, members, but I just like the sound of the band. It's just a fun band. They do some quirky songs. They'll do things like. R.C. Cola and a Moon Pie. Oh, nice. Howard Johnson got his hojo working, singing about the Howard Johnson's uh, restaurant franchise. Oh, wow. But I didn't know this. Captain Lou Albano was actually their manager for oh. a stint for a couple of years. And while he was their manager, they wrote this song. And uh, there you go. Wow. Well, I can totally see why you'd think that Craig would have that. <laughs> uh, you know, it's catchy. It's... Uh, you know, representative of and I think it really sounds like them. And I also didn't realize this. Lou Albano is also a buddy with Cindy Lauper and yep. showed up in a couple of her videos. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah that was I the rock and wrestling that. connection. Yep. Right. All right, right. Yeah, yep. Yeah. It totally was. Oh, I was just gonna say for the benefit of the listeners out there, uh, just to expand upon why <laughs> Steve thought this might be a duplicate, Craig. I don't think you've mentioned uh, on this show before your uh, past podcasting history with Camel Clutch Cinema. Uh, if you wanted to quickly fill people in on on what that was and why uh, why Steve would think that you'd have a wrestling song on your list. Yeah, um, 
and please forgive my birds chirping in the background. They like to uh, podcast as well. Right, right. Um, Camel's Clutch Cinema was my first um, podcast I ever did uh, with my my friend Guy Hutchinson, and we did uh, eighty. I think it was like eighty consecutive weekly episodes, wow. which is still something I'm immensely proud of. And each week on the show, we covered a movie um, that starred uh, a professional wrestler or was about professional wrestling. And yes, nice. we had 80 weeks worth of content. So uh, <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, all those episodes are still online if you search for Camel Clutch Cinema. And uh, yeah, there's some some really, really fun episodes. We did um, They Live with Roddy Piper, oh, God, the Marine with... Yeah, the Marine with John Cena. Um, we did um, an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Um, I think we actually did two Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, if I if I, if I recall. No, we did three Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, including The Running Man. Hmm. Um, so you'd be surprised about the amount of uh, professional wrestlers that sort of found their way into Hollywood. And uh, yeah, thank you for uh, for that, Jeff, because um, it, it's it's still a podcast I'm really proud of, even even though we. We no longer do it. Yeah, it was a it was a great show, and and you know people out there, and this is a great connection, uh, so you can hear a little bit of, of Craig's other podcasting work that uh, is just great stuff. It's a lot of fun, even if you're not a big wrestling fan. It's still a lot of fun uh, to hear about these movies because you you may not realize a movie you've seen had a professional wrestler in it. Yeah, and and we also um, we recorded a, a chunk of the later episodes live on location in uh, various Moe's or Taco Bells. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> around Central New Jersey. So uh, it's kind of cool too to listen to those sh- uh, those shows where you sort of just hear us sitting in a booth at a fast food joint uh, talking about movies. That that's pretty awesome. We got some some ambiance going on. Uh, in the background <laughs> on those. <laughs> so Steve, back to you. Sorry for the the, the diversion oh, there. No, no, no. Commercial for another podcast is always welcome. Um, so so Michael Caine and Captain Lou both have the title character performing on the track. So I frantically searched for others and I could not find any other guest appearances. So I was disappointed because that was going to be my gimmick oh. for the for my four choices. Um, but nevertheless, we move on. Um, and so for my last pick, I wanted to come up with a name I hoped that was both obvious and I hope that neither of you had thought of. So I went for Beethoven. Oh. And I went for Rollover Beethoven. Um, and I went for not the Beatles version or the Chuck Berry version, but the Electric Light Orchestra version. Oh. Uh, and I got to tell you, watching three different uh, videos lately of them performing it two times in 1973 and one time in 2017, they still got it. It's a, that is a relentless, exhausting, exhilarating performance. So uh, if you see it live, but the rollover Beethoven story, uh, I was looking that up and Chuck Berry said that he wrote it in response because his sister was always playing classical music on the piano and he always was just fighting with her. So he, that was his response, rollover Beethoven, a rock classic often recorded, but electric light orchestra has always been a, a favorite of mine. And I was thinking about it, you know, so they, if you watch these videos, they start off looking like it's a classical concert. There's no rock until the violins and the cellos get through their opening and, you know, and then they just hit it. The funny thing is how many groups nowadays are doing that, revisiting their old catalogs. I know Ray Davies did it with the Kinks Mm -hmm. music. Weird Al Yankovic has a strings attached tour where he's going around with an orchestra now. So 
<laughs> yeah, but uh, nothing like being ahead of your time. So no. uh, it's it's a fun ride. I highly recommend seeking out those old videos. And one I found has Richard Pryor introducing them. I don't know what oh, the wow. show is from, but I, I hit the button and he said, hey, it's Electric Light Orchestra. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, it's a fun ride. All right. So that was your tracks one through four. Um, we're going to recap these all at the end of the show. So don't worry if you, you don't remember uh, what some of the picks were as we move through the rest of the episode. Um, so, Craig? Yeah. So my mix is called California Dreamin'. And my approach to it was, um, you might recall, Jeff, that I'll try my darndest to get a certain band into every one of my lists. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and thankfully, I was able to instantly come up with the song from that band um, as my number four track on this. And then it was kind of just filling in the blanks and finding songs that worked with it. And after I came up with my second song, I realized that I had a theme and that ultimately all four of these songs are somehow related to the state of California. Oh. So the four songs I, I've included all have a link to California. And I think the order I put them in creates a really cool, quick um, <laughs> little four song mixtape. So uh, my first song is from 1989's Mother's Milk by Red Hot Chili Peppers. And it's the song Magic Johnson. Um, which is okay. an ode to Magic Johnson and the L.A. Lakers, who were just a dominant, dominant yeah. team in the late 80s. Really fun, upbeat song. And, and the thing I really like about it is it creates the feeling of being at a basketball game. The rhythm of it, uh, it, it, it feels like a basketball dribbling. Um, so that's my number one song. That's a great pick. That's, I haven't heard that song in years. Wow. Yeah, I'm... I'm a big Chili Peppers fan. I didn't know that about you, Steve. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. They yeah. spoofed the Abbey Road cover. That's right. They did. With socks. <laughs> With socks. <laughs> socks. <laughs> but, no, I love that, that uh, Craig. That's a great pick. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So excellent. for my number two song, uh, we go to uh, a 2005 release from one of my favorite bands, The Dirt Bombs, which... Oh. Jeff knows I've talked about a lot. Oh, yeah. And it's a it's a compilation album they put out called If You Don't Already Have a Look. And the song is I'm Saving Myself for Nichelle Nichols. Oh, get which, out of here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's a 57-second yeah. punk rock, garage rock sort of really fast song. And it's from the perspective of singer Mick Collins basically saying that even though – he uh, he hasn't been with her yet. He's still holding out hope that he'll one day be with Nichelle Nichols. And wow. uh, as we know, it's, Nichelle Nichols was from Star Trek, which filmed uh, in California. So there's our California connection. Yeah. I wonder if Nichelle's ever heard that song. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's great, though. I mean, the Dirt Bombs is a band that I they're probably the best live band I've ever seen. A very unique sound. Two drummers, two bass players and then lead singer and, and guitar player Mick Collins out of Detroit. Just like I said, it's, you know, punk garage rock type and live. They were one of the most unpredictable bands I've ever seen. Yeah, you know, I, I I could be wrong about this, but I'm going to throw this out there. I, I, I have a faint memory uh, many years ago of you saying you saw them live in a bowling alley? Yeah, uh, Asbury, <laughs> Asbury Lanes. I don't know if they still do shows, but they basically yeah. block off four or five lanes 
put the band about a quarter way down and just let them rip. Uh, oh, and wow. people are bowling around them. Get out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great, great show. Uh, great venue, great show. I, I think they're still doing shows. Do you remember uh, the what year was that? That had to be like 2007 or 2008 probably. Okay. All right. Yeah. I figured it was a while ago, but I, I have that memory in my head of you telling me that story. Yeah. No, I, I saw them every time they came to Jersey. I saw them quite a few times at Maxwell's in Hoboken. Ah, yeah. Good place. Before that place closed. And then uh, my initial exposure to them was at um, they opened for the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, who I went and saw at, oh, in yeah. New York City. And you know, thank God I went to that show because I probably never would have discovered the dirt bombs if I hadn't seen them on that on that show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and now our two mixes are connected because one of the bands that's on my list I also saw live at Maxwell's in Hoboken. Oh, very yeah. cool. Go figure, huh? All right. What what do you got for us next? All right, from 1977, it's uh, off of the Beach Boys "Love You" album, and it's Johnny Carson. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, the Beach Boys "Love You" album is. A really interesting album in the sense that Brian had been uh, away from the band dealing with a lot of personal issues, demons, mental illness. And uh, the Beach Boys Love You started out sort of as a solo album just to get Brian sort of back into music and recording. Um, it eventually developed into a full-fledged Beach Boys album. And Johnny Carson kind of came about as a, a fluke. I think they were talking about Johnny Carson and how much Brian liked him. And he said, I bet you I can write a song uh, about Johnny. And 30 minutes later, he had it. It's a really fun song. And, and, you know, I'm a big Beach Boys fan. If you haven't heard the Beach Boys Love You album, it's, it's really worth checking out because it might be one of Brian's most sort of, I don't know if childlike's the right word, but innocent productions. There's no... There's no posturing, and uh, and I love that about it. That's great. I'm sure, Steve, you're familiar with that. Yeah, I actually, absolutely am. That's a great pick, Craig. Um, I love that you went deep, uh, a later Beach Boys. Uh, when I rediscovered the Beach Boys after Endless Summer, I don't know if you remember, that was a two-disc uh, LP compilation. Of, was it? it was yeah. kind of their greatest hits, and, and that got a ton of play, and that was a big, uh, heavily played in my youth when I went back and rediscovered them, I went back, I have all the albums now, so I'm familiar with, with Love You and the other later stuff. So I think it's, I, just, I love that you went there. That's great. Yeah. Well, I grew up with the Beach Boys too. So, and my uncle's favorite band. Right on. So for my fourth song, I'm sure, you know, you're not going to have any, a hard time picking the artist, but from 1980s, end of the century, it is the Ramones, Danny Says. And this one's a little bit of a cheat, because it references their manager at the time, Danny Fields. Uh, but the song's not entirely about him, but he's referenced enough. And it's basically, it was written by Joey Ramone uh, while they were recording the album and they were staying in L.A. Joey wasn't a big fan of L.A., especially, you know, uh, being away from New York City. And they reference the, the room that they were staying in, which is kind of cool, Room 100B at the Tropicana Motel. And... Uh, it's just a end of the century is probably the most polarizing Ramones album. 
Danny Says is probably one of their prettiest songs, if you want to talk about that. Uh, it's a ballad. Um, and if you haven't heard it uh, I, and, and you have a preconceived notion about what the Ramones sounded like, uh, this one might might surprise you a little bit. Joey Ramone was an uh, amazing vocal talent. And I think this is one of his one of his greatest uh, one of his greatest vocals. You always heard the emotion in Joey's voice. And, uh, I'm, I, you know, like I said, I'll, I'll fight every category to, to find a way to fit a Ramon song in. And, and this time it was easy, thankfully. Uh. Yeah, well, I look forward to seeing how you uh, wedge the Ramones in on future episodes, because I know you're going to try your hardest. Especially that episode of No Ramones Songs. Oh, <laughs> that might be a tough one. He go, he go the solo route. He'll find a way. Yeah. Uh, that's great. So, very cool. I, I have not heard that song uh, myself, so I'm going to have to check that one out myself. Steve, are you a Ramones guy? I am a Ramones guy, but not, not uh, as thorough, so I don't know if i know that song <laughs> i guess i don't know it i don't i don't know if i remember but i imagine i heard it because i i tend to get into a band and then go deep and and try to get as much as i can so yes yeah, but here. i like the recommendation though I, I do really like the ramon so i love it already yeah all right well great mix from craig and once again everybody out there listening we're going to run down our mixes again uh, at the end of the show in a quick uh, recap format so uh don't worry if you didn't catch everything. Uh, you'll hear it again in a few minutes here. But uh, I guess that just leaves uh, me to do mine. And I am calling my mix Influences and Celebrations, which is kind of the theme for this. All of the songs that are on my list are um, celebrations of influences on the artists that created the songs. So um, it was an interesting challenge uh, for me. I started out with nine possible tracks that just came off the top of my head within the first, you know, hour after I'd been thinking about uh, the songs that I'd pick. And uh, it was, it was kind of tough to, to narrow it down. Uh, so I kind of went with uh, my favorite four of those nine songs. So it's uh, not very scientific. It's just the four that I like the best <laughs> out of the nine. So um, pretty much all of these songs are, uh, well, let's say two are tributes. Uh, one is a celebration of an influence, and the other is an appreciation of a, a well-known philosopher. So uh, all, all interesting things, different ways to approach this type of a, of a topic. And I tried to arrange them in a way that I thought uh, would have a solid flow and uh, you know, kind of upbeat and downbeat songs kind of trading off between them so that you kind of have a, a wave of mood as you're listening through it. And just as Craig tries to wedge in the Ramones, I, I kind of try to wedge in epics, songs that are 10 minutes plus, so I did wind up getting one of those uh, into this list. So uh, apologies for anybody out there who uh, doesn't want to invest that much time in listening to a mix. But uh, yeah, one song is about 13 minutes long. They'll save some time based on my mix. I think my mix is probably the shortest out of the, the three of us. Oh, wow. Uh, Rollover Beethoven's eight minutes. So I have, I'm right. challenging, but I'm not going to not going to take you down. You're getting there, though. You're getting there. Uh, all right. Well, my track one uh, is from the year 2000. And uh, I am bringing this band up yet again, uh, as I did on our first episode, Four from a Favorite. This was the band that I chose uh, as my favorite band that I wanted to, to create a mix from. And it's The Clientele. And it's a song called Joseph Cornell. And it is about an American artist and a filmmaker born in New York. Strangely enough, they're a British band uh, singing about an American artist. He was a pioneer 
of an art form called assemblage, which is similar to making collages. It's usually it's like a two-dimensional type thing, and it's, it typically uses found objects and kind of layer them in, in almost like a shadow box type uh, format. So uh, you know he in, he was influenced a lot by surrealism, and uh, was also an experimental avant-garde filmmaker. So. Uh, the album that this song is on, Suburban Light, as I said on my first episode of the Mixtape Challenge, it kind of changed my musical direction back in 2000-ish. Uh, I'd been a bit stagnant discovering new music, and I heard a track from that album on college radio and just immediately ordered the album, and it kicked off this huge new era of musical discovery for me. Uh, I owe a lot to that album, and uh, a lot of what I'm listening to today uh, is thanks to that random discovery. So I felt that I really wanted to include a song by the clientele, and they made it easy for me because uh, obviously this song fits the bill uh, completely. So the song itself has a really raw and unpolished sound. It's got heavy reverb on the vocals that give it kind of an almost haunting quality uh, as they sing. It's not completely word for word about Joseph Cornell, but it's definitely a representation of his art in lyric form. It's very layered, very interesting, very deep, but also very short. Um, so overall, a short but solid track. Um, I'm not sure if either one of you guys listen to the clientele at all. Only what I've been exposed to through you, Jeff, but I, I love the, the description there where you talk about how lyrically it, it sort of captured the feel of what the, the man was about. That's very cool and very creative. Yeah, same for me. I, I'm not familiar with the song, but I your approach to your playlist and, and delivery was fantastic. I'm looking at my list. I'm going, gee whiz, Captain Lou Albano? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Captain Lou is a great pick, man. <laughs> Count yourself out. Uh, all right. Well, uh, this next song, I know my first pick was a little more obscure, but this next song is a pretty uh, popular song from a popular album from a very popular artist. And this is where I thought Steve and I might have an overlap, but then I know Steve likes to go for the deep cuts, so uh, I wasn't too, too scared. <clears throat> from the year 1970, this is by the wonderful and amazing George Harrison from the album All Things Must Pass, one of my favorite tracks on this album, The Ballad of Sir Frankie Crisp. So, uh, Frankie Crisp was an English lawyer and a microscope enthusiast, so he, um, he was an enthusiastic member of something called the Royal Microscopical Society, very much into philanthropy, donating furniture, books, instruments, and, and things to, to these societies. And, and he was given the title of Sir, and obviously this song was written as a tribute to him. I think this... I don't want to go into the subject of the entire album, but uh, and I'm sure Steve has an opinion on this, but I think this is uh, up there with some of the greatest solo Beatles albums that have ever been made. Uh, you know, George just exploded with this record uh, after the Beatles broke up, and I've always really loved this song. I, I have the piano and the guitar kind of playing off of each other. Uh, it's kind of soothing. The, the vibe is, is nice and mellow. Uh, the way George sings it is is, is kind of inspiring. It's one of my very favorite songs amongst many, many incredible tracks on the album All Things Must Pass, so I had to include it here. Uh, like my previous track, this one also has a quite echoey, dreamy sound with a rather kind of abstract lyrics that you know can give you something to think about. You can kind of analyze what he's trying to say and what you think he means. And I, I also think it's, it's interesting that he mentions the name of John Paul 
in this song uh, as they're sweeping the stern. So again, another one of my faves that happens to be written about a real person. Uh, Steve, any thoughts on All Things Must Pass? Uh, I love All Things Must Pass. It's it's funny for these kind of things. You know, I'm hundred percent Beatles, so I force myself not to go there. <laughs> just to just it's just too easy. But no, I love that. That's a great pick. Uh, when you started saying the album, going which one is it? My Sweet Lord. That's a person. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I could have gone My Sweet Lord. <laughs> but um, uh, no, it's great. It's really really great. Oh, thanks. Uh, Craig, you're familiar with that album, right? I'm sure you are. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. it's uh, it's a masterpiece. And, and this was uh, this is a connection you referenced, right? Because mm-hmm. that was produced by Phil Spector. Yep. And Phil Spector produced End of the Century by the Ramones. Oh, there you go. Look at that. We're so intertwined, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> this is great stuff. All right. Let's see. Uh, track three uh, is another... Very popular one. This is going to be kind of more of an obvious pick, but I, I've always loved this song since I was a little kid. And I remember not knowing who he was talking about uh, until I got a little bit older and, and got a little more musically diverse and educated. So it is from the year 1976 from the album Songs in the Key of Life. This is Stevie Wonder's Sir Duke, which is obviously about Duke Ellington. And he, you know, I, I'm sure everybody knows who Duke Ellington is. I don't have to go too deep into uh, uh, his background, but he was a very celebrated American composer, pianist, and the leader of his jazz orchestra, which I, I didn't realize uh, he led from 1923 uh, until the time that he passed. So he was doing that for more than 50 years. Not a lot of artists stay with their uh, respective uh, groups for that length of time. So that's that's pretty amazing. And I've I've heard a lot of people doing tributes to Duke Ellington. My grandparents love Duke Ellington. So I thought this was an appropriate song uh, to keep in, into my list. Uh, it's a pretty popular track, so I don't really have to say all that much about it, I don't think. But definitely Stevie uh, in the heights of his you know 70s funk jazz with an, an amazing killer beat, fantastic horns, and some, some really, really nice tight bass. So uh, always fun song to listen to. I've loved this song for a lot of years. Uh, you can really tell when you when you listen to the lyrics how much Stevie loves uh, singing about his influences here. It's it's joyous, it's it's upbeat, and um, proud to put this song on my list. So I'm sure both of you guys know this song. It's one of the most memorable you know riffs of of that era. Oh, I, yeah. I would say. Yeah, it's stuck in my head now. <laughs> uh, Earworm, but but I like that. Um, you know, I always like when artists celebrate their influences and introduce them, you know, directly, yes. indirectly to their fans. I, I would like to believe that people didn't know who that was and then discovered who he was based on this song. Yeah. Like I said, I had no, when I was, was little, I didn't know who Sir Duke was. It was only until I probably got into my teenage years and started to really dig into more music that I understood what the song was about. So it definitely led me to Duke Ellington in a way. So awesome, awesome stuff. Um, all right, well, I guess that makes, uh, makes it time for my final pick. Um, kind of going deeper into the catalog uh, for this one. And this is from the year 1981 uh, from an album called Live Indian Summer by Al Stewart. And the track is called Nostradamus. So mm-hmm. obviously this is about the uh, famous philosopher uh, Nostradamus. So I, I think uh, he requires no introduction uh, at this point, but the thing the thing I really like about this song is that 
it's it, the lyrics are all wrapped around Nostradamus's prediction. So Al Stewart pretty much took a lot of Nostradamus's fam- famous predictions and created a song out of it. And you guys know how much I like epic tracks. And this one, like I said, weighs in at just over 13 minutes and it's live as well. So uh, I've been an Al Stewart fan since I was a kid. Uh, my first intro to his work was the amazing Time Passages album produced by Alan Parsons. Uh, spectacular stuff. I still remember sitting in my uncle's room, and I'm going to probably get crap from people for mentioning my uncle again because I mention him all the time. But I was sitting in his room with these giant Heathkit headphones on my head, listening to the original master recording of that album, just being blown away. So this is from a live show from 1981, and it's an absolutely killer performance. I'm, I'm always impressed by bands that can pull off these long tracks uh, live, especially ones that have so many different movements and changes uh, as the song goes on. It's almost like three or four songs in one kind of chained together. Uh, but as most epics do, like I said, it goes through several different movements and changes, and he kind of changes up the style a few different times, but it always stays true to uh, being about the various predictions that Nostradamus had made. And uh interesting part about the why I picked the live version is in this one, they actually weave in another Al Stewart song in the middle of this. Uh, they weave in a song called The World Goes to Riyadh, and it just fits in so perfectly. Like, if you weren't familiar with the song, you wouldn't think that was a second song uh, mixed into the middle. It's very, really cool the way they do it. So uh, a lot of fun. Uh, so, but this, like I said, this might not be up everyone's alley, but if you're in the market for some great historic rock, you can never go wrong with Al Stewart. So, uh, Steve, judging by your, your reactions, you're familiar with this one? Uh, I, actually, I'm not. I'm, I'm intrigued, though, because... I just like the topic. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm an Al Stewart fan. Certainly not uh, deep like I know you are, um, but I, I'm intrigued by a 13 minute Nostradamus track. I don't remember how many others of those I have in my collection, <laughs> but, but no, it, uh, it's good and live to boot. So yeah, and I, um, it's it's uh, I listening to it, it. It's amazing to me that these guys are so good at their craft that they can pull a live track that long and you know pull off all the changes and and not flub up a single thing and it's just sounds phenomenal uh i don't craig have you listened to a lot of al stewart or that's not really up your alley again it's probably just whatever i listened to when 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 i was you know hanging out with you and you know just listening to music but uh i've liked everything i've heard and uh, i'm very interested in hearing this track and steve uh you might want to if you're Interested in going down the Nostradamus rabbit hole, (laughs) Judas Priest a couple years ago put out a whole album, a concept album about Nostradamus. Wow. I did not know that. (laughs) I did not know that either. I'm I'm making a note. (laughs) Wow. We all learned something tonight. (laughs) And that's actually what the Mixtape Challenge is all about, everybody. It is about (laughs) discovering new music. So uh, hopefully... We've introduced some of you or given you some ideas of, of new things you may want to check out and listen to uh, and expand your musical horizons and your library. So uh, before we close up the show, uh, we're going to quickly recap our list so uh, you can get a quick rundown of, of what everybody picked in their list. So, uh, Steve, you went first. So why don't you recap us on your four songs? Sure. Uh, Michael Caine by Madness uh, was number one. King Tut by Steve Martin, number two. Captain Lou by NRBQ from the album Lou and the Q. And uh, track four, Bring It Home with Roland Beethoven Electric Light Orchestra from their album ELO 2. 
Very, very cool. Mr. Craig Cohen, your four tracks. Um, okay. It starts with uh, Magic Johnson by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, the second song is uh, I'm Saving Myself for Nichelle Nichols by The Dirt Bombs. Track three is Johnny Carson by The Beach Boys. And we round it out with Danny Says by The Ramones. Very, very cool. And my list is track one is Joseph Cornell by The Clientele. Track two is The Ballad of Sir Frankie Crisp by George Harrison. Track three is Sir Duke by the awesome Stevie Wonder. And track four is Nostradamus, the live version by Al Stewart. So if you are curious about any of this music, of course, you can search for it online. Or an even easier way is to go to mixtapechallenge.com. Click on this episode, which will be episode five of a mixtape challenge and there will be links to all of these songs for apple music and for spotify where available sometimes the songs aren't on both so uh, we will have links to all in there for you and um, you can follow us online uh, at facebook.com slash the mixtape challenge and on twitter at four song mixtape so feel free uh, to weigh in on our mixes let us know who you think had the best mix and we will chat back with you and talk through all of this stuff. So we look forward to hearing from all of you out there. Thanks again for being a Mixtape Challenge listeners. I saw the, the Facebook has been gaining some activity lately. People are checking it out. So uh, looking forward to any new listeners out there. Looking forward to talking to you. And all of us are floating around on social media somewhere. Steve, where can people find you if they want to chat music? To chat music? Uh, hmm, interesting. Or time travel. Uh, or paradoxes. Well, it's, uh, it's just music and time travel. There's always songs about time travel. So okay. go check out paradoxparkway.com and hmm. uh, visit me there. And, and a quick quick commercial sure. from Michael Caine. If you haven't seen it, YouTube the clip from the movie The Trip with Rob Brydon and Steve Coogan doing dueling Michael Caine impersonations. It's terrific. Oh. I'm going to check that out. That sounds great. That sounds great. Craig Cohen, where can people find you on the social medias? Uh, easiest way to find me is on Twitter at Mr. Craig Cohen. That's Mr. with an M-R. Um, I like to tweet a lot, and uh, I also have a link to my Ramones fan page uh, in my, uh, my profile there at Twitter. So you can go over and check out my uh, Ramones page called Pinhead. And uh, I pretty much do this day in Ramon's history and uh, some other good stuff. I recently interviewed CJ Ramon, who was the replacement bass player for Didi. And uh, you can find that interview there. Um, a lot of cool stuff. And it's, it's great just, you know, you know, helping keep the, uh, the memory of the Ramones alive now that all four of the original guys are no longer with us. Ah, very noble cause. Very noble cause. Sounds great. So um, if you're looking for me, uh, you can tweet at Four Song Mixtape, and I'll be glad to get back to you. I'm also Warp Factor Jeff on uh, Twitter. Well, that's a Star Trek reference, but uh, still, that's me. And uh, I I'd be happy to chat with anybody about anything. So um, looking forward to hearing from you guys. So that brings us to the end of Episode 5 of Mixtape Challenge. This is the beginning of our second season, so looking forward to a lot more episodes Coming up, we're going to be trying to get them to you on about a three-week cadence. So keep your eyes out a few weeks from now uh, for the next Mixtape Challenge to drop. So thank you to both of our contestants here today. Steve Sikoriak, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, good good talking with you, Craig. And Jeff, really, thanks for setting this up again. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, thank, and thanks for being so enthusiastic about coming back on. It was uh, It was inspiring. 
And thank you, Mr. Cohen, uh, for coming back on the show. Always a blast to podcast with you. Uh, you know, I, people may not know who listen to the show that we've been podcasting together for, oh, uh, God, what, six, seven years now? <laughs> yeah, I mentioned that um, that 80-episode run of Camel Clutch Cinema, and you and me together, we did um, – I don't know if it was uninterrupted or not, Jeff, but we did uh, – we covered all 80 80- – episodes of the original star trek that was uninterrupted that was weekly uninterrupted yeah so that's uh, yeah anybody who podcasts will appreciate what a feat that is and on your end jeff it's even more impressive because in addition to doing all the prep work you were doing the editing and production for it and all i had to do was sit down and watch an episode and 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 chat about it with you so uh it's another body of work that i'm really 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 proud of and uh I, I I treasure those episodes we did together. Yeah, yeah, as as do I, as do I. It's uh, and all of them are out there. Uh, you can find them. Uh, there's the tricorder transmissions. You can check out all of those. And we went on. We went on after those eighty and did quite a few more of uh, the animated series and some of the comic books and things from the sixties. So uh, we we got quite a bunch. And plus, we did all those supplemental logs as well in between <laughs> some mm-hmm. of those. So we did a lot uh, in in a couple of year time frame, but. Yeah, great stuff. And I'm sure both of you will come back again to the Mixtape Challenge sometime in the future. Sure. All right. I, I'm, I'm always game, Jeff. Um, I relish the idea of trying to find a way to fit the Ramones into any kind of challenge. <laughs> so uh, bring it. All right. Well, uh, you will get that challenge once again. So, all right, guys. Thanks so much for being here. And thanks, everybody, for listening to Mixtape Challenge. We'll be back in a few weeks. See you then.